Welcome to All The Things Podcast. I'm Regina Lawrence, your host. I'm a lawyer turned soulful business strategist and transformational mindset coach. I'm also the founder of the community, All The Things Business. I've created a community of women who can truly be all the things, successful, spiritual, sexual, and wildly unique, all while creating a life of purpose and passion according to our own rules. We don't have to look or be a person that societal norms dictate anymore. We don't have to play by somebody else's rules. We can be whoever we want to be, and that person can be all the things in one. Each week, I'll bring you episodes where we dive deep into business, entrepreneurship, and a whole host of topics to help us dive into who we truly are so that we can really be all the things. Welcome to my podcast. Hey guys, I know that starting a business can be really complicated, confusing, scary, and there's so many moments when you're starting your business or when you're pivoting your business, you feel really, really confused and like you have no one to talk to. I totally understand that because when I started my coaching business, I felt like I didn't know what I was doing. I felt like I tried a million things and I would hit dead ends and I would just try and try and try and try. Luckily, I was able to figure it out, but I had to take the long way. And that is exactly why I am the business coach that I am, because I've tried and I've tried and I've tried all of the things, and I know what works in creating, scaling, and pivoting your online and coaching business. If you are needing a friend, if you are needing a coach and somebody to hold your hand through this crazy process of growing your business online, schedule a free 30-minute virtual coffee chat with me. Go to my website, reginalawrence.com, and click Schedule a Virtual Coffee Chat, and we can hop on and talk about one particular issue in your business that you are struggling with right now. And by the end of that 30 minutes, I promise you that you will have a solution. Once again, it's www.reginalawrence.com, and click Schedule a Virtual Coffee Chat. I cannot wait to talk to you and help you unravel anything you are struggling with in your business right now. Enjoy this episode. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of All The Things Podcast. I'm your host, Regina Lawrence. Guys, I've been in the midst of this 30-day podcast challenge, and I haven't had a guest on the show in a minute. Today's guest is so sexy and so yummy. I'm so excited for you guys to get to experience her. Her name is Kelsey Valletta, and she is the founder of Find Your Sexy. Kelsey is a certified self-love and sexy coach and is the host of her own podcast, Find Your Sexy. Kelsey believes that self-esteem and happiness are directly affected by our relationship that we have with our body and our self-awareness mindset. Through Kelsey's dynamic coaching and intimate conversations with podcast guests like me, Kelsey helps women embrace who they are just as they are now so they can walk through life feeling sexier in their own skin. And honestly, who doesn't want to feel sexier in their own skin? All women are sexy and self-love is rad. And those are two things that should be celebrated every single day. And that is something beautiful that Kelsey Valletta screams from the rooftop. So Kelsey and I did something a little bit different. We did a dual podcasting episode and we talked about so many good things like how we aren't supposed to live inside of a box. You guys know I always say that we are not one thing. We are all the things. 
we both had a conversation about how we arrived at our own places of self-love. We also talked about how we figured out how to step into our own unique power, how she and I have both completely rebuked self-negative talk. We also talk about different tools that we use to push through triggers when we're feeling ourselves backsliding. Something else that we close out on is how we are sexy single women who are trying to date like-minded men. And if you are in the single dating game, you know what a feat that is. If you're not, God bless you. So I hope you guys love, love, love this episode. I absolutely adore Kelsey. I know that you all will too. You can find her at www.findyoursexy.co. You can find her at on Instagram at Kelsey, K-E-L-C-Y, Valletta, V-A-L-L, E-T-T-A. I hope you guys love this episode. As always, if you love the podcast, please go over to iTunes, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Take a screenshot of this episode, share it in your story, and tell Kelsey and I what you love about it. With that, I hope you guys have a beautiful day and love the podcast. So today we're both doing something a little bit different for our podcasts. This is going to be fun. This is exciting. I like this. <laughs> I know we're going to see how this goes, but I mean, it's just, we're having a conversation exactly. like in life. Exactly. And both of us, you know, your whole brand and business is around self-love and really helping women to find their sexy. And I feel like in my brand, all the things, that's a huge thing. It's, we can be all the things and that includes being sexy and, and lovable. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you always, I love that your podcast is all the things and you always talk about how you can be all the things because something that, you know, I'm always preaching to people and it's like something that just is like a fire inside of me is that we are not meant to live inside of a box. No, We are allowed to be more than one thing. So Mm -hmm. I love that this is the topic of conversation and, you know, you bring awareness to this all the time because it's like, we are complex human beings. We can be more than one thing and we can celebrate all those different sides to us every day. So yeah, we're just going to have a conversation about all the things, which I love. Me too. How do you, how did you get to this place in your life where you're like, I love myself and I'm fucking sexy and I'm going to own that. Oh, girl. <laughs> How long do we have? No, um, <laughs> a lifetime. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I mean, I a lot, right? It's just living life. And I think a lot of it is getting older. And, you know, I can only speak from the perspective of being a woman, right? But yeah. I think it's really as you get to know yourself as you get older and you start to accept, you know, who you are and your body and you learn to appreciate it. I mean, there's really three, there were three major points in my life that taught me the importance of self-love in different ways. Um, the first, when I was a teenager, I had an eating disorder Mm -hmm. and it didn't come from this place of like, I hate my body. It came from a place of, I want to be healthy and fit. And to me, like healthy meant fit and in shape. Okay. And I was 13 years old. I I didn't know what that meant, how to get there. And I grew up with a dad who was a bodybuilder. So to me, like, I knew that that was like, that was my perception of healthy, right? Like in shape, 
muscles. So I remember like, look, I would look in the mirror at my stomach and be like, okay, I need to get abs. Well, abs are made in the kitchen because that's what you'd always hear. So I'm like, okay, I can't, I can't eat cookies anymore. I can't. So I started limiting myself as a 13 year old, you know, young girl. And I remember being at school and like my friends would be getting their lunches and having cookies. And I'd be like, no, I have an apple. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, very, like very limiting, very unhealthy, obviously. But at the time I didn't realize what I was doing and you know, it, it was bad. I got very, very thin. And of course my family was very worried and we had to, I went and saw a nutritionist and the whole thing. And I got better on the outside. And I say on the outside, because I looked healthier, I gained weight, but years later that eating disorder resurfaced again, because I didn't deal with my reasons why, as I like to call them, like my reasons why this is even happening in the first place. Um, And I had to really learn in order to actually become healthy and uh, happy. And I had to really learn to appreciate my body for what it could do and look at all the things that I loved and practice that rather than look at everything that I didn't like. So that was like a big turning point for me. And then I'll just quickly go through this because I feel like I could go on and on. But, <laughs> you know, and I, I feel like, like a lot of us, I, I feel like I have past lives. So like, yeah. and I don't mean like before I was born, I guess I should rephrase that. But like, you know, up until about four years ago, I feel like I was a completely different person. Like I was going to be an actor since the time I was five years old. I loved acting. I was going to be an actor. I was going to work in the film industry. There was no plan B. Like that was what I was going to do. So, um, you know, I was in acting classes. I went to school for filmmaking. I moved to LA right after college. Like that was my life. I lived and breathed it. And that was so, so hard for me because I felt like I wanted to do it all talking about all the things, right? Like I have always been this way, but I didn't just want to act like I wanted to act, but I also wanted to direct films. I wanted to write films. I wanted to do everything. And that doesn't really fly in Hollywood unless you are already someone huge. You can do whatever the hell you want, but you kind of had to pick one thing. And I didn't like that. And also, especially as a female in Hollywood, you kind of have to fit inside this box of what they want right in order in order to even get representation in order to book jobs and I just remember feeling so stifled like I remember feeling like I couldn't change my hair on a whim if I wanted I couldn't it just it was so tough and I I didn't like it so eventually it was literally like I woke up one day and I was like I can't do this anymore I feel like I'm living my life in this box I feel like I can't express myself I feel so limited in what I'm able to to achieve and how I'm able to really get to know myself because I'm spending so much time working on being a better actor, a better, you know, writer, this, that in order for, you know, Hollywood to feel like I'm worthy. Yeah. Who am I really? Right. So it was, it was rough. Like I, I fell into a depression. I was like, what am I supposed to be doing with my life? Like, this was what my plan was like, who, who am I? And I really had to be patient with myself Mm -hmm. and take time 
to really figure out what made me happy again. And it was kind of, it was kind of a blessing in disguise because I was able to really dig deep. And I kind of needed that in that, in that moment to really dig deep and rediscover who I was. Cause at this point I was in my early to mid twenties. Like who, who am I now? Yeah. Like what, what makes me happy? What, what makes me feel fulfilled at that point? Like I wasn't interested if I didn't feel fulfilled, you yeah. know? So that was a huge moment for me. And at the time I was dating somebody and I moved, I moved back to Arizona because I was from here originally. And I was like, well, I don't, I don't want to be in LA anymore. If I don't have a reason to, you know, I'm not going to be, uh, working in this industry. I don't think it's going to fulfill me. So I moved back to Arizona. I was in this relationship that ended up being really toxic. And, you know, that was like the, the final, the final thing for me that really forced me to commit to self-love because it got to a point where I realized like, I, I'm the only one who's going to pull me through this. Totally. Like if I don't remind myself why I'm worthy and enough and what is special about me, like I'm, I'm never going to make it out of this relationship. I'm going to fully lose my voice and I'm going to fully lose who I am. And that was really, like I said, the final thing that made me realize how powerful number one, your mindset is and how special life can be and how much things can change when we really, really commit to self-love and make it a priority. So once I got out of that relationship, like there was no turning back. I was like, okay, like self-love, like everyone needs to understand the importance of it. And, you know, when it comes to the, the sexuality piece of things, you know, of course, like my podcast, my business, like I'm all about find your sexy, right? That's, that's what I need my business. Because I really do believe, you know, all women are sexy. I say that all the time. All women are sexy. We're sexy just the way we are. We shouldn't feel like we have to change something, right? Mm -hmm. And that is my goal. I want every woman to feel sexy in their own skin. But we can't do that without first prioritizing self-love and creating a strong foundation and having practices in place in order to keep that foundation strong. Because we're going to have bad days, of course. None of us are perfect. Um, So yeah, you know, that's my long winded answer, just life and experiences that we all have along the way that, you know, helps us remind how strong we can be and, and how unique and special we are, hopefully. So that's kind of where I got to where I am today with this being my focus. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not looking back, like, Mm -mm. you know, years ago, I, when I was stuck and felt lost and like, what am I supposed to be doing with my life now? Like, it all makes sense now. You know, it's like this, this is where it was all leading me. Like, this is what I meant to do is help women nurture self-love to feel sexier in their own skin. Mm. What a journey, man. I know. I know. (laughs) It's crazy. It's crazy. So I know. And I have to ask you because I ask everybody this. Okay. When was the first time, and I know you have, we'll get to your story too, because I know you have had a big change in what you're doing with your life. But when was the first time you ever remember feeling sexy and what did it mean to you in that moment? Mm. When do I first remember feeling sexy? You know, 
I don't really think I thought about like, I guess there's different versions of what sexy meant to me through my life. So like I had a super rigorous, I have a super rigorous academic background and like accomplishing things that like my intelligence was like how I felt sexy for a lot of my life. Also, like I was a really like not like physically cute teenager. Like it just is a fact. I was so awkward and like I had to like grow into my face and like so so like my intelligence was the thing that like mm. I, when I was praised for that, that's what made me feel really sexy. And even now, like if a guy is like, oh God, you're so smart. I'm like, say more. <laughs> Keep talking to me. <laughs> Keep talking dirty to me. <laughs> I love that. So I would say like, that's when I really started to feel sexy and like in that part of my life. But then it was like in, I would say like in college, like late college, like right after college, when I really started to like step into like myself and my body and like accepting and owning who I was. And like, this is what your body looks like, girl. Like that's when I was like, okay, like how do I embrace and like love myself as I am? That's when I really started to like feel sexy and feel confident. But it it has always been a combination of like, stepping into my power mm-hmm. and stepping into like who I am called to be that enables me to feel like the most powerful and sexy as a woman. I love that. So how did you step into your power? Like how, what helped you yeah. do that? So I had like a really, so like you, like I had a really mm-hmm. interesting journey with like my self-love and my sexuality. I dabbled with an eating disorder as a kid. I was a girl who, when I went through puberty, all of a sudden, like I had a small waist, no boobs and like an ass like JLo. And it wasn't cool when I was a teenager to have that body type. And so I remember like going through puberty and feeling like, oh my God, how am I stuck in this body? And so that started a lot of self-loathing for my body that went from the time I was 12 years old all the way up through my late 20s or mid to late 20s. And during that time, a lot of things went on in my life. I went away to college and then I went to law school and I did all of these different things and really started to develop myself as a person, intellectually at least. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was in relationships and I was engaged to a guy when I was in law school and then I had a partner for five years and so much of my self-worth was defined by the partnerships that I was in. And I remember like trying to get out, you know, when you're like trying to get out of a relationship and you're like clawing out, but you're like, what if nobody else loves me? Like, what if this is the best it's going to be? And working through like those breakups and being single and coming back to center and realizing like I had been spending a whole life trying to gain love from other people and like everything I needed was inside of myself, but I had to, I had to really learn that. So during my journey, I went to law school, I started practicing law and like, that was my value was that like, I'm a smart girl. Like I'm a lawyer, like blah, blah, blah. And I remember when I started practicing 
I wasn't fulfilled by what I was doing. And I remember specifically, I was a trial attorney in my early career. And I, that's all I wanted to be was a trial attorney once I went to law school. And I remember I had my first trial. I was a few months into practice and the jury came out and found a verdict in our favor. And I felt nothing. And I remember thinking like, shouldn't it feel better than this? Like you have worked Mm. so hard to get to this moment. And I remembered that feeling, but I just kind of kept trucking along. And then six years later, I'm in my fancy job in my Louboutins in my office. And I end up having this epic breakdown panic attack on the floor of my office in a pencil skirt and a pair of Louboutins. And I just laid there and cried. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing with your life? Like you are so bitterly unhappy. You have the job, you have the partner you wanted, you have all the things, but you are so unfulfilled. And I didn't know what the answer was, but I knew that no matter what, I have to figure out how to change my life. Like life doesn't have to be this hard. I, I just had, you know, when you have those moments of knowing where you're like, oh, I yeah. don't know how I'm going to do this, but like, like it has, God, to happen. it has to happen. Like it's like a God moment. It's mm-hmm. like a higher power moment. And so that started me on this huge self-development journey. And the first thing that I addressed on my self-development journey was stress and anxiety. And the way that I really started to overcome my stress and anxiety was like, this is a habited behavior that I can change. I can change the way I respond to situations. And so that led me down the road of how do we talk to ourselves? Because the words that we say and the thoughts that we think affect the outcome of our lives. So then I started to develop this new relationship with myself. And it was through that, that I made a decision. You will only speak greatness into yourself. You will only speak and look at yourself with the utmost amount of love, like you would look at a lover, like you would look at a best friend, and you are going to go on this intimate relationship with yourself and your soul. And so I just started like one thought and one sentence at a time, and I would do something and I'd be like, oh my God, you're so dumb. And I'd be like, no, you're not dumb. That wasn't the best life decision you've ever made. However, you are not dumb. You are brilliant. You are beautiful. You are powerful. And I started to just change it. And it was literally like, it was like a boot camp. I put myself through every thought, every sentence. And I would hear myself and I would even hear phrases that I would say jokingly to people like, oh my God, I'm such a hot mess. I'm so this, I'm so that. Cause I'm very like, I'm very sarcastic and I'm a smart ass. And then like the subconscious mind doesn't know sarcasm. The the body don't know sarcasm. But you're thinking if I say this, with sarcasm, then it's not true. I'm just, it's just a joke, but it's your mind is still joke, believing it. Yeah. Your mind is still believing it. Yeah. And so I started to change the way I talked to myself, the way I thought about myself, the way I spoke to myself, to other people. Um, and that started this whole domino effect of how, how much I love myself. And then that self-development journey, like really caused me to go on a spiritual journey. I believe that I have a soul inside this human vessel and that soul is so fucking valuable and so precious. And I'm always going to honor that. And once I started to do that, I saw not only how it it changed me as a woman and inside of myself, but I saw energetically how how it changed what I was attracting into my life, the type of men that were showing up in my life, the type of beautiful, intimate relationships with women that were showing up in friendship in my life. So that's kind of how my self-love journey went from like feeling really 
stuck in this body that I wasn't in love with to now like really honoring and loving who I am and how I show up and everything coming from my life. Yeah. That's amazing. So how, how long has it been since you started committing to, to living your life this way? Like how long has it been since you were like, no more negativity? Like I'm only talking to myself with the utmost love and respect. Four years. It started right around Four the time years. I was 30. Wow. Yeah. That's when I, I was 30 years old or I was just turning 30. I had a breakdown on my office floor and that's when everything changed. I decided to change my life. I hired a coach that I worked with one-on-one for three years um, or two and a half years. And, but it's been four years of this like consistency. Yeah. And I'm sure like, it's not easy at first. It's not, it's uncomfortable. And I think, you know, cause sometimes I will sit and think like, why, why do people or like, why would I allow myself to have these negative thoughts? Right. Like if I know it's not good for me, but that's the easy thing. The easy thing would have been for you to stay at your job because you had worked so hard for it and keep doing it. You had had success. Like that was proven and, you know, just keep living your life. And if negative thoughts come, I think that's how like the majority of people go through life because it's hard. It's hard to have the courage to make that change and to be consistent. That's the hardest thing is be consistent with your mindset. It take it first takes like you have to have an awakening. You have mm-hmm. to have some sort of conscious awakening yeah. where you realize that things can be different and then you have to start to implement the changes. And I think a lot of times as humans, we do this thing where we want to change and we decide we're going to go balls to the wall. It's new, It's like the New Year's Day phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Like people, I truly believe that November, or November 1st, January 1st <laughs> of every year, people – have the most beautiful intention. The problem is that we were like, I'm going to change my whole life this year. Yeah. And we don't take it like one moment at a time. And also like, you know, for me, when I think about the way that I changed, it was literally one thought at a time, one moment at a time. And I think a lot of times, like we just don't, it takes discipline. It takes consistency. Yeah. It takes commitment to self. Like it's not, e- it's not easy. We're literally, when I started this journey, I was trying to undo 30 years of conditioning. Mm-hmm. And like the first 10 of that is the most deep conditioning, like period of our life, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. And I like, and you kind of touched on this when you were sharing your story, like, you know, you had said something along the lines of like, you uh, we're looking to outside relationships to kind of validate you or, totally. or give you that love. Right. And it's, it's, it takes work and consistency. Like, like we're saying to get to the point where you realize that it all comes from within you. That's all that you need is what you can give to yourself. Totally. And it's so fulfilling once you get there and once you realize it, you know, mm-hmm. and it's not like it ends. It's not like you get to to a destination. And it's like, okay, I'm here now. I'm at the place of self-love. Like, let's just kick back and relax. You still have to put in the work every day, but it's, it's like you're investing your time back into yourself so you can have 
the life that you want, right? It's mm-hmm. like, why, why else are we here on this planet? Like, are we going to walk through life just doing what society tells us, being the person society tells us that we should be? Like, no, we have this beautiful, mm-hmm. unique soul for a reason. Let's celebrate her. Let's yeah. let her express herself fully. And it, you know, it takes consistency and it takes work, but it's so worth it. It's so worth it. Totally. And it's something that you just said, and I'm wondering, I, I mean, I have an idea what you're going to say about this. Like we get to a place where it's like, okay, like I have such a deep love of self. Mm-hmm. We're always triggered. Like we're always brought back. Like, and whenever we, I find whenever we get to that point where we're like, I'm doing fucking great. That's when like the biggest life lessons and triggers come up. Like what are the things, but, but part of the journey is that we learn the modalities or the things that help us come back to center. So like Mm -hmm. for you, when you're triggered in like moments where like, you're not loving yourself, like to your fullest potential or you're backsliding a little bit, what are the things that help you? What are the things that trigger you? And then what are the things that help you? Yeah. Okay. There's a couple of things that are coming up for me right now. So first of all, like the things that trigger, that trigger me, right? Like definitely, um, like when imposter syndrome comes up, like that's, that's the toughest one. I'm such, I'm in such a transitional point in my entire life right now that, I'm pushing myself outside of my comfort zone a lot, mm-hmm. which is great because that's what I need to do, you know, in order to move on to, you know, this next stage of life and to, you know, accomplish goals. But it shows up and it's tough. It yeah. is tough and trying really hard not to compare myself to other people, right? Um, those would be the biggest triggers that that come up for me. And I think the there's a couple of things that I do. First of all, there's like simple practices that, um, that I do in my day-to-day routine. And one of them is mirror work. So I do have, uh, little notes that I leave myself on my mirror. And for me specifically, it's things that I think are sexy about me. Yeah. You know, I have physical traits that I think are sexy as reminders and character traits that I think are sexy as reminders. And I make sure that when I'm feeling run down when I'm feeling that imposter syndrome kick in whenever I've just had an off day, right? Like I take time to look at myself in the mirror into my eyes. Like it's uncomfortable at first and just, you know, you got this. And I, and I will tell myself out loud what I'm doing, right. What I love about myself, what makes me unique and just give myself that little pep talk. And it helps me kind of take a moment to connect with myself again Now, the other ones I will say that have come up big in my life the past year, one of them is angel numbers. And I don't know, you know, what your experience with this is, but I didn't grow up religious at all, but that was not a part of my upbringing. So I've never practiced or followed any one religion, but I've always considered myself to be spiritual, right? Like I... I'm open to different beliefs. I think that there's definitely signs that are given to us when we need them. Um, And I found myself in the, in the biggest transitional points of my life, turning to faith more, whatever that is, whether, you know, whether you choose to speak to your God or the universe, whatever, just letting go of control and having some more faith. Um, 
you know, I've, I've always struggled with being in the present moment. I've always kind of thought about the future a lot, planned for it. I need to have a plan. I need to make sure that the outcome is what I want it to be. So kind of learning, like when I'm going through that imposter syndrome or, or having any of those moments, like taking a minute and kind of letting go of the control and having a little bit more faith. And it's so interesting because I've consciously done that over the past year a lot where I'll have these moments where I'll stop and I'm like, okay, I know this has to be happening for a reason. Like, please just give me a sign that I'm on the right path. Please like, please just give me a sign. And, you know, I have almost every single day or, or especially the days where I specifically call, have that call to action. The number is 1111. Mm-hmm. And then I see 444. Yep. And that helps me so much, like as a reminder. And, and I know like some people might be listening and maybe you don't believe in this, you know, and that's totally fine. But for oh. me, for me, it's, it's just a reminder of like, okay, I'm on the right page. And, and just a reminder of having faith, like having faith. It's not, I'm not meant to see the whole plan. I'm not meant to see the blueprint of how this is going to go. I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be and I'm, I'm doing what sets my soul on fire and it's, it's for a reason. Mm -hmm. So I think that that, that has played a huge, a huge role in getting back to connecting with self-love and my purpose and who I am on this planet. Um, literally every day, every day, just taking moments to have more faith and do my mirror work as well. So yeah, it's crazy when you open up to receiving those possibilities, like what shows up for you. Totally. And something always shows up when you like truly open yourself up to that. Oh, and it's scary. It's terrifying, right? It's terrifying. Like I, to let go of control is so tough, yeah. but, but that's what you have to do in order for the best like opportunities to show up. I feel like well, it's also like when we think we're – control is just – it's not really – it's not real. Mm-mm. The only things we have control of are like our responses and reactions to things and like sometimes some of our thoughts. But we have control of nothing. It's just like this like false illusion we like let ourselves mm-hmm. live in because it makes us feel safe. Totally. Oh, and this is what, I, what else I wanted to say was having gratitude mm. and speaking it out loud. You know, I've – I've practiced that a lot more really intentionally in the past year, gratitude for what I have now. And then I've, I've also started practicing future, future gratitude. Yeah. So like expressing gratitude out loud for the things that I'm working toward for the things that I desire in my life, as if I already have them Yeah. and believing that I am worthy of having them. And that helps with mindset as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, because you're, you're saying those things out loud, kind of how you talk about with negative self-talk, your brain believes it. Yep. So speaking out loud into existence, into the universe, the things that I'm grateful for in the future, I feel like really help with my mindset of, you know, believing that it can be done, that it will happen and doing what needs to be done to work toward that. I do a lot of that too. When you do your future gratitudes, 
do you speak them in the present tense as if they've already happened? Yes. Yes. And that's, I, I, I don't remember where I heard this originally from. Um, Maybe it was Jen Gottlieb. I think maybe I heard it from originally. I think, yes, she, she talked about, I remember hearing her talk about a future gratitude list, but saying it as if it's happening right now in the present. And, um, it feels so weird to start doing at first, but then once you start doing it, it just becomes normal. It becomes a normal way of speaking to yourself. (laughs) Totally. It's so true. And that's how manifestation is so powerful is when we're talking about it in the present as if it's happening and like going through the feelings and emotions that come with it in the moment. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Allowing yourself to feel it as if it's already true. Totally. Yeah. I do. I do some similar things to you when I'm feeling myself backsliding. I, so a lot of times I find like with like self-love and if Mm -hmm. I'm feeling less than about myself, I like to think about like, where is it coming from? Mm -hmm. So like, if it's in like the context of a romantic relationship, um, I ha- was a codependent like my whole life, super, super codependent. So whenever I start a new relationship, I literally – have you ever read the book Codependent No More by Melody Beattie? No, no. It's the greatest book on codependency if anybody's listening. Um, it's the great – it's like the codependency Bible. And if you don't think you're codependent, you probably are, so you should read it because everybody is a little codependent yeah, at some totally. point. Um, And so I have that book and I think it's chapter four in that book. I go back and read it and I have to remind myself like what is real and what is just a trauma response that's coming up Mm. from my past. Um, I also constantly have the conversation with myself. What do you know to be true? What do you know to be real right now? So when I'm feeling less than or I'm having imposter syndrome, I've been having a lot of imposter syndrome come up lately in, as my business is growing, yeah. um, I will ask myself the question, um, what do you know to be real? And is this feeling or experience of fear and imposter syndrome real? Or is it just your ego coming up because something new is happening and it's trying to keep you safe? So when I go down that road of what do I know to be true, what do I know to be real, that helps me to come back to center and to come back to see, like, remember who I am truly and what what is really happening. You're feeling fear. This is why you're feeling fear. It's coming up for these reasons, right? Um, That helps me a ton. And with all of that, I'm always journaling. I'm always, when things come up, in my business, in romantic relationships, in friendships, I actually have a habit of sitting with it before I talk about it. So I sit with it. I write about it. I process it um, because I, if I'm going to put something out into the universe with another human, I want to first know, is this real? Is this my own insecurity? Is this my own self-doubt? Is this my own trauma coming up? Yeah. And then I can address it. Yeah. I love, I love a couple of things that came to my mind when you were talking about that. I love that you take time to really think about where this is coming from and like thought versus fact is what came up for me. Right. Like, is it, is it true or is it just a thought that you're believing to be true and your mind is tricking you into thinking that, right? Like just because you're thinking it about yourself doesn't mean it's true No, And I think it's so important that you're able to have that self-awareness to recognize that, right? 
Yeah. That's so big. There's been so many times I think about when I didn't have that self-awareness and when you just like take whatever's happening inside of myself, I would take it out on other people Mm -hmm. or like, I'd be dating someone and I'd be like, why are you making me feel like this? Like, why are you doing this thing and taking like radical, being radically accountable for like my own thoughts, my own feelings and like then doing the deep dive of like, where is this even coming from? Yeah. Yeah. I think accountability is huge, especially when it comes to self-love because I mean, you have to be willing to call yourself out and hold yourself accountable. Otherwise you're not going to see what changes need to be made in order for you to grow and get, get to that place of true self-love or whatever it is that you are you know wanting to achieve so yeah I think I love that you hold yourself accountable too because I think that that is something that I feel like people are are either naturally good at that or it takes a lot of work in order to get to that place because it is uncomfortable being able to say like even being able to say hey that's my bad or like you said in a relationship in a romantic relationship being able to say like this is like my toxic pattern coming out here. Like this is actually something that I need to deal with and I need to look at. Mm -hmm. And it's actually not about like what you just said to me at all. Right. It's how, how I'm projecting my feelings about it onto you. And that takes so much self-awareness and it's so, so, so important to make that a priority to be aware of our thoughts and you know, what programming we've had and why yeah. we feel the way we feel about things. Um, Cause like you said, it can even affect the relationships that you have with other people in your life. Totally. And like, as we're on the journey of self-love and self-discovery and figuring, figuring out who we are, the, there are people in our lives in relationships that they are mirrors for us. Mm-hmm. They are the people that take us to the next level of self-awareness. So you can do all the work you want around self-love and, the inner work and the journaling and and really make massive headway. But if your desire is to be in a relationship or a romantic partnership with somebody else, uh, get ready because all the ne- the next yeah. level of lessons and self-love are going to come up because everything you did is going to be heightened in this new experience. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And to me, that's almost like the goal in a way too, though, is like, we should always be looking for the next opportunity to go to the next level, to be yeah. challenged and have to look even deeper within ourselves to grow even more as a human being. Right. And it's like, mm-hmm. my hope would be that whenever I do enter a relationship again, that it's with a man who's willing to do the same thing. Totally. You know, and I'm sure I don't want to make assumptions, but I feel like you might be in the same boat where it's like, I don't, I don't put so much of my time and energy into this work for myself to then go and spend a life with someone who's not going to do the same for themselves. Oh, totally. Do you feel like in dating, like since you've started this self, self-love, self-discovery like journey and where you're at sitting in your life right now, like what comes up for you as you go on dates and as you're meeting new people? I think, um, I, that's a great question. I think, um, there's a lot to me and I'm very complex and I feel like I haven't met 
the right kind of man who appreciates that yet, yep. you know, and I'm, and that's fine. That means everyone I've, I've met, they've been, I've gone on some great dates with great guys, but you know, there's just not that deep level connection there. And I think it's because, and no, no fault to them or anything, but I, I don't think they're on the same journey. Right. I think that's what it is, is I really realized I need someone who is also committed to this type of personal growth. Mm-hmm. Otherwise I'm never going to be fully understood first of all, and it will be nearly impossible to grow together. So I think that that has been something that I realized through dating after starting this, you know, commitment to self-love really, um, and the same goes even, even for friendships and stuff, right? It's mm-hmm. like, it's like everyone serves their purpose in your life, but if you're going to have the longevity in a relationship, you kind of have to find like-minded people who are committed to the same core beliefs in, you know, how you want to live your life. Mm-hmm. What you about do. you? What has your experience been? It's interesting, like such a stark, so I'm dating somebody now. Okay. I've been dating him for about a a little over a month and it's the best, like, it's the best relationship I've ever had in this phase of life. Like we're on the same journey. He's been doing his own self work for about eight or nine years. He's a little bit older than me. He's an entrepreneur. So he understands that we speak the same language of like mindset and spirituality as humans, we connect really well. It's interesting though, to think of the contrast between him and guys I've gone on dates with. Like there was a guy I went on a couple dates with and we had like a disagreement about something. And I said to him, I, I rationally and analytically understand what you're saying and agree with you, but I still feel an emotional response to what you're saying in my body because of my past experiences. Yeah. If I get you, I'm on the same page as you, but I'm feeling some feelings and I have to process them. Yeah. Didn't understand. He didn't speak the same language and get what I meant. I talked, was talking to the guy I'm dating now about a similar thing. And like, I rationally understand I'm on the same page as you, but I feel a little bit of feelings and sadness in my body about this thing. And he was like, I totally understand process the way that you need to process like completely different. So it, it has definitely changed the ability to see who I can date and how I date. Um, but it's also heightened, like I've done so much work in dating people around like, what's my own shit? What's your shit? How do I show up energetically? And like, how do I energetically respond to you? And like the guy I'm dating now, we had this conversation the other night about sitting with things before we talk about them. Mm. Cause sometimes maybe I'm being triggered and it has nothing to do with you. And so I need to sit with it, process it. And if it really has to do with us, I'll tell you about it. But more often than not, it probably doesn't have anything to do with you and I. It has to do with the 34 years before I ever met yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Right. Like, like yeah. most things that come up. Yeah. It's just very different. It changes like The work that we've done changes the way we connect with people. It changes what we want. It changes the way, the way I want a man to hold space for me and the safety in the container of a man holding space looks so differently like than it did before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, it's so interesting because like, where do you, 
where do you, I feel like, especially in the times we're living in now, right. And it's, it's getting a little bit better, but with the past year with COVID and, and everything, and you know, what, what even was dating and, you know, it's like, you're forced to meet people online. And I really struggle with that because I feel like dating culture now has literally been reduced to just dating apps. Yeah. And I had, I, you know, I, I was on all the dating apps and I just recently got off all of them because I had this realization that like this process does not work for me. Mm-mm. I, I have to feel someone's energy in person in order to know mm-hmm. whether or not like this is even something I want to, you know, possibly see where it could go. Yeah. Cause I could, we could be, you know, texting for days and it's like, I don't really know who you are. Totally. Like, I don't care about how your day was. I don't care about, you know, your favorite place to eat, your favorite color. Like none of that really. Right. I need to meet you in person. Mm-hmm. So it's like that, that has been a huge realization for me too, on how important it is for me to feel someone's energy. Yeah. I'm the same way. The guy, It's funny. Cause I, have felt the same way that you feel about dating apps. Mm -hmm. And so I decided I, in January, I was like, I'm going to make a hinge profile. I'm going to delete the app off my phone. And every so often I'll pop in and see who is liking me. Cause I just look at it as like another avenue for abundance to flow through. Yeah. And so I did that and downloaded the app in the beginning. I downloaded the app again, like a month and a half ago. And the guy I'm dating liked one of my photos and so I went through his profile and I was looking and I was like, you're not necessarily my type just to look at you, but there was something about him that was intriguing. And I showed my best friend who I live with mm-hmm. and I was like, what do you, I was like, there's something about this guy. He's not really my type, but like, there's something that feels good about him. So she like looked through his profile. She was like, like him back, see what he does. So I liked him back. And his first message was, what was the greatest thing that happened to you this weekend? What was the greatest thing about your week this week? And I was like, good opening question, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and we had this like light back and forth for a couple days. Um, but it was like each question was like really meaningful. Like, yeah. like, what are you most excited about in your life right now? Like really meaningful questions. And I was like, do you want to get coffee or a drink and like connect? And he was yeah. like, definitely. And so we met for drinks. And as soon as I saw him, he didn't look anything like his profile. Like as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh my God, you're so cute. <laughs> and and then I just sat in his energy. I know I had a hard cutoff, like three hours. And then I had to go meet my girlfriends to see a psychic, of course. Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah. and so all of a sudden, three and a half hours went by and I was like, I got to go. And he was like, when can I see you? And he planned yeah. the next date and he planned the next date and he just kept planning the dates, right? I love that. Um, But it really like he, I feel like because I opened myself up to it and just set the intention. I also, something that I did right out the gate with him are not our first date where we met for three hours, but our second like proper full night date. Mm -hmm. Um, I asked him all the questions that I like the, like the serious questions. Do you want to get married? Do you want to have babies? When was last time you were in a serious relationship? Why did it end? What are you looking for? How do you communicate best? How do you like to be communicated with? Like I, we had this like deep dive second date conversation and the fact that I could ask him those questions and he was on board. He wanted to talk about it. Like, and we had that dialogue. I was like, I'm going to date you. Yeah. 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 Because it, 
it sounds like he's been on the, his own journey and has really like been committed to his own, you know, growth that I imagine that him, him making that decision to, to focus on himself really yeah. is what, why he had the answers and why he could be mm-hmm. so sure of, you know, what he was saying to you during that conversation and um, being able to, yeah, being able to just like, commit I guess because I feel like so many men if you were on a second date asking those questions would be like whoa whoa I I don't know like be freaking out right totally but it's kind of like like if they're gonna like I just kind of want to ask it because might as well know now don't waste your time now like if you're gonna freak out like this is the end freak out now yeah 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 yeah, yeah. exactly yeah so like I feel like like because we're in a world where online dating is like the main way to meet people like you just kind of have to go like balls to the wall into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess you're right. And see for me, like I had to really check myself when I first got on dating apps because, you know, I, I was never really on dating apps until last year because when they first, I, I when they first were like a, a thing, I was living in LA. Like yeah. I didn't really need dating apps. I was going out all the time, meeting people. Right. And I was so focused on myself and, you know, my, what I thought was going to be my career. And then I started dating my then boyfriend and we were together for years. So then I like, wasn't really used to online dating. So then when I got on the apps, I had to check myself so hard because I felt like I was being so vain and so judgmental because (laughs) you're going off of like, well, I'm going off of what I think I'm attracted to or what is my type? Like, I don't know. You know what it took? I was like, what is my type? And I hate that question when people ask that all the time. Cause it's like, I don't know. Cause you could be the most attractive man on the planet and then open your mouth. And I could feel like I have no connection to you whatsoever. Right. Totally. And so I think, um, yeah, I really had to check myself. Maybe I'll download the apps again, Regina, maybe I'll get back on there and uh, just force myself to be more, more open. Uh, Cause it's tough. It's like, I'd rather just meet you in person because totally. you, might, you might walk up to me and you might not physically be what I, what I thought my type was Yeah. Like, open your mouth and we start having a conversation and I'm like, so attracted to you. Right. So it's totally. like, I just, I'm like, I just, I'm going to start going up to people in public. I don't even care anymore. I'm like, I like your energy. I like the yeah. vibe I'm getting from you. Like, what's up? Let's talk. Totally. Yeah. That's how I am too. Like I could see someone and, and I've also been trying to take when I was like really on the dating apps, I was trying to take that energy into it, like giving grace Mm -hmm. and also like giving grace because like men, like we, we take selfies, like girls take pictures all the time. Like we have personal brands online. Like we got photos on photos on photos, right? Professional photos. Yeah. Professional (laughs) photos, hair and makeup done. These guys are doing, I feel like a lot of guys, they're really trying, they're really trying hard, you know? And so I, when I first got on the apps, it was the same thing. It was like, I felt like I was shopping for a hot man. It was like, nope, nope, nope. nope." And like, I have to be physically attracted to somebody to like, of course, be want to meet them. Right. Of course. I've been so surprised in, in just what has shown up in my life and like just going with my gut and like going with the energy of like what I felt and seeing how that has, is turning out that I'm like, huh kind of shifted my perspective a little bit yeah which I love that I love when the universe gives you 
an unexpected surprise. Like that's the, yeah. that's the best thing. But I feel like that's life, right? Like it's never going to be how we thought it was going to be. Like I never thought I'd be sitting here. A, I never thought I'd have a podcast. Yeah. Never thought I'd be a coach. Never, like, you know what I mean? Never thought I'd live where I live, but totally. I freaking love it. Like I'm mm-hmm. so grateful that, you know, I got all these surprises. Me too. I feel like that about my whole life. Yeah. Yeah. I love it so much. Yeah. Okay. I would love to talk to you about your sexy. So we can talk about this. So this is something I talk about with every podcast guest and it's an acronym that I created. It's four areas that I feel like you really need to get clear on in order to feel the sexiest you can in your own skin. Mm-hmm. And I know there are um, a lot of things we've sort of touched on. So I think it'll be, it'll be fun to talk about, but so the first one is satisfy. And I love, you're such, you're such a aware person and you're not afraid to go deep. So mm-hmm. I can't wait to hear your answers for these. So what right now, like at this point in your life, the present moment, what are the things that satisfy you and light you up and bring you joy? Like no matter how big or small they might be in your day-to-day, what are those things for you that set your soul on fire? In my day-to-day life, what are the things that satisfy me? Um, when I think about my business life, like seeing breakthroughs that I'm able to help facilitate with my clients and seeing their success is so satisfying to me. Um, really good, yummy, juicy sex Mm. regularly Mm. is so satisfying to me. Mm. Um, my new bed (laughs) that I'm sitting in right now (laughs) is like so satisfying for me. I would say those things are like, and just also lately I've been thinking about the ability that I have to work where I want like create business the way I want to do. I get to do everything in life the way I want to do it. And Mm. I have complete freedom in my life truly to do things the way I want and to figure things out the way I want and to build life the way I want it. And that is so fucking satisfying. Yeah. That's, that is amazing that you've created that life for yourself. Totally. Oh my gosh. Okay. So happy. So the next part is ego. So I don't believe ego is a bad word. Mm-mm. You know, I think um, we're so used to hearing about ego in this negative context of, um, you know, it trying to destroy us right from the inside out. But I look at ego as literally the relationship that we build with our self-esteem mm-hmm. and our self-worth. Like we have to focus on building a healthy ego um, in order to really have true self-love and feel sexy in our own skin. So at this point in your life, what is your relationship like with your ego and your self-esteem? Mm. Um, I would say my relationship with my ego and self-esteem right now is I have a really healthy relationship with how I feel about myself. I feel really fucking great about myself, honestly. Hell yeah. Say it um, louder. I have moments where I'm like, huh, like as I'm building new facets of income in my business where I'm like, oh, whoa, you're doing this thing. Oh, you know, but it's not, I don't sit in that for very long. Um, I feel like my relationship with self is, it just is getting better and better. And I will always have moments where I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Right. We all do. But 
the amount of time I sit in that space gets shorter and shorter and shorter. Mm. Now, do you have any, I know we talked about this a little bit, but you know, any self-love practices that help you kind of create that time to get shorter and shorter when the, when that time pops up there, you said like journaling and stuff like that. Yeah. Journaling, um, moving the energy. Mm. So when I get into that energy, I like to move the energy. So I like to do deep breath work is really helpful for me. Uh, exercise and moving my body in a very intense way and like tiring myself the fuck out helps a lot. Uh, dancing and like dancing and that type of movement of energy is really powerful for me. Um, sex and self-pleasure is really big. It helps mm-hmm. ground me. It helps me remind myself of like who I am, what I am, and like brings me back to to center. Yeah. Yeah. So good. I know I had Kendall on the podcast, um, which I know she's one of your good friends. And we talked yeah. a lot about self-pleasure practices and she gave some gr- great tips for um, women to help help it feel more personal to them and feel safe and tangible because I'm so surprised like by the amount of people, the amount of women who, you know, I meet or know who it's very intimidating for them to just have that intimate time with their selves. So I love that. That's like part of your answer of like, this is self-love, like a non-negotiable. This is what I do to help get grounded back into myself. Yeah. It's like literally like one of the main things you can do to connect back into your own body, into your own feelings. And it's so, so powerful and so beautiful. And yeah, I just love that. That's like something that's on your list. Oh yeah. Regularly. Yeah. Needs to be done. Absolutely. Um, Okay. So the next part is the external opinions. Mm -hmm. So how often do you let what other people think or say affect you at this point or what, what have you done to help over the years, you know, get to a point where it doesn't affect you anymore? Like where are you at with that? I would say more often than not, I don't give two shits what anyone says or thinks of me. Which is amazing. So how'd you get to that place? Like what advice do you have for anyone listening? Everything I do in my life is for the greater purpose of my life on this planet. Like my business, the way I show up, the way I energetically present myself, the way I dress myself, it's all for the greater purpose. And if I'm always aligned to that, Mm -hmm. then I don't care what other people think. And like, I'll always have moments where I'm like, Ooh, where like things sting. But then I just always remind myself to align to the greater good and the greater purpose. And I never, and this is the thing I'm pretty, like, I'm pretty straightforward. I'm pretty bold but I never want to hurt other people. I never want to hurt somebody or say something that triggers them and hurts them. Right. But so I say like, I don't give a fuck in the most respectful way because I just, I can't worry about everybody around me. If I worried about everybody's opinions, I would still be a lawyer. I would still be living in Philadelphia. I would still be with my ex-boyfriend I was with for five years, or I would still be, I'd be married to the guy I was engaged to. Like my life would be so different. And I truly believe that like we get to live this lifetime and we get one chance at this lifetime. And so if I would lay down by everybody else's thoughts and opinions of me, like I wouldn't get out of bed in the morning. (laughs) 
Exactly. Yeah. There's no way that you could have gotten to the point you are now if you were concerned with other people's thoughts and opinions. Even no. when I went to law school, people were like, don't you know law school is hard? And I was like, yeah. No shit. Elle Woods went to law school. I yeah. can figure it out. We'll be fine. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. Okay. So the last part of the sexy acronym is yearn. So what are you yearning for right now? What are you looking forward to in the future for yourself? I would say the biggest thing I'm yearning for and looking forward to is like creating a bigger community and like Mm. a greater impact where I'm in the middle of creating something right now that is going to be a big community for male and female entrepreneurs to connect, to cultivate, to grow, to create together. And that's something that is a part of my contract in this lifetime is to my, my superpower is I'm a human connector. Mm. I bring people together. I make connections. I'm always setting up friends with friends for friend dates and for romantic dates. Like I'm always connecting humans. And so I'm yearning to take that superpower and to like, like supercharge it and like build like a massive conscious entrepreneurial community. Oh my gosh. I'm excited. I can't wait to see what this is. It's going to be. And I love, and I love that you like call out your superpower and say it with confidence. And you're so proud when you say that too, because you should be. Hell yeah. Totally. Like celebrate yourself. Absolutely. I mean, no, if you don't celebrate yourself, nobody's going to celebrate you. Exactly. Exactly. I also plan my own birthday parties because. (laughs) You know, what's so funny. I do feel like, okay, so I would love to know what your philosophy is on age, right? Like I've been having this conversation the past few years with people. Like, I don't understand why we get so upset to be getting older. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people are like, oh, like, like, for example, I turned 30 this year. Okay. And everyone, you know, I have a lot of friends who have already turned 30 or about to, they're like, oh, I don't want to be 30. Like my youth is gone. My twenties are gone. Like, oh, I'm going to be getting so old. And I'm like, I cannot freaking wait to turn 30. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like to me, it's like, it is a blessing that <laughs> I get to live another year. Like, do you know how many people haven't even got to live 30 years on this planet? Like this yeah. is, we should be celebrating every year that we get older and that we yeah. get to live and, and create like the life of our dreams. Yeah. So I love that you create, like you have your own birthday party, you throw your own party. Cause it's yeah. like when we're younger, it's like, we can't wait to get older. Right. And our friends or our family are throwing us birthday parties. Like you're mm-hmm. not throwing our own parties when we're younger. Yeah. And then I feel like we get to this certain age where we kind of realize, like, Oh, no one's going to throw a party for me. Like they think I'm too old to really have a birthday party. So hell yeah. Like, let me celebrate myself. I'm going to have the birthday party. I want to have you're all invited. If you want yep. if you'd like to be there and witness it. And be exactly. Part of it. I just think like I I've chosen and I'm creating a life that is full of joy and laughter and fun. Like that's my favorite thing is to like have fun and create fun. And so I love to create experiences where we can do that. So like my birthday party or like my birthday every year, like I want to have fun all the time. So like, and with getting older, I feel like the older I get and the more experience I have and the more work I do on myself, I feel better than when I was 25 or 24. Like I, like 10 years ago, I'm a better version of myself than I was at 24 and I have more fun and I enjoy my life and I have more money. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's good. Like every year is good. And I, and I want to carry this spirit 
through my life. Like I want, if I have kids, I want my kids to be like, oh my God, my mom won't get off the dance floor. Like <laughs> she's so embarrassing. Like I want to always be that person. Yeah. Like you're the fun mom. Yeah. I think, mom, yeah. I think that it's so important to intentionally have fun. Like I've made yeah. that priority for myself this year. Like I don't really set new year's resolutions. That's not mm-hmm. my thing. I, I pick a word and, um, and my word this year was happy. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not doing anything that doesn't make me happy. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to be eating foods that don't make me happy. I'm not spending time with people who don't, don't make me happy. Totally. And then coming off of that was like, well, I need to make sure I'm intentionally having fun. Like the kind of fun where like, I don't have to be worrying about deadlines or like stressed out about something going on. Like I can literally just let go and I deserve to intentionally have fun. Whether that's like a I'm putting music on and just dancing around the house and enjoying myself or going on a trip somewhere, you know, like it's so important to intentionally have fun and celebrate who you are. It's important to have fun and it's important to like always celebrate everything in life that happens. That's part of a gratitude practice is like being grateful and like having thank, giving thanks Mm -hmm. for everything that happens. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I'm on the same page with you. It's like, why, why wouldn't we celebrate? No one's going to do it for us. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh my gosh. I love, I love this. this. I yeah, love that too. I love those questions. That's so cool. Oh God. I'm glad. Yeah. I just, you know, it's something that, that I came up with when I first, um, before I even started coaching, when I first started the podcast, it was just like, I, I don't know, it just kind of came to me. It was one of those, those things. I'm like this, these are important things. Like we need to really get clear on how we feel about each of these areas in order to get in touch with who we really are. Like who are we authentically when we're just being ourselves or like, have we, it kind of helps us become aware if we've been, you know, living our lives, trying to please other people or, Mm -hmm. you know, not offend other people or, you know, just, it kind of helps reel us back into who we are and, am I doing what I need to do in order to celebrate that person? Am I living this life that I want to be living? So yeah, it's fun to talk about with everybody and kind of hear what they have to share. I know. I love that. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So this, thank is you for sharing. A, this is so fun. Thank you for doing a dual oh my gosh. episode with me. Thank you. Yeah. It's fun to kind of just like break out of the normal routine, right. Of like, you know, I've never done anything like this. So it's just us having a conversation about literally all the things, but it's so interesting how I feel like our conversation really went back to like growth Mm -hmm. and mindset kind of like as the through line through everything we talked about, you know, I know it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love it. We'll have to do it again. We'll do it again. We'll do another podcast episode soon. I love Um, it. If you guys love this episode, make sure that you screenshot whatever episode you're listening to, tag it in your story and tag me and Kelsey. This is great. I'll see you. I'll see you on the podcast later, guys. Have a great day. And as always, just go out there and find your sexy in life and celebrate who you authentically are. Amazing. All right, guys. See you later. Bye. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you loved what you heard, I would be beyond thankful if you would share this podcast on your Instagram story and share with me what about the episode with me or with my guests that you loved. 
Also, please remember if you love this podcast to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes so that you don't miss out on all of the incredible guests and topics that we have lined up for you during this crazy year. And as always, if there is ever a guest or a topic or anything you would like for me and a guest to discuss, just shoot me a DM on Instagram at Regina A. Lawrence. Lots of love, guys.